Welcome to Senequanon News. I'm your anchor, Persona Non Grata. Our card today covers Elon's Twitter CEO, woke advertising, Tucker Carlson, and the 2024 presidential race. Elon Musk has handed over the reins at Twitter to new Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino. She comes from the head of advertising at NBC Universal. Now, there's a lot of red flags here. First of all, her comments about systemic racism and other woke comments, as well as being linked to the World Economic Forum as well. All this might lead you to believe or suspect that somehow Elon is a deep fake. And so others will raise uh, concerns saying, well, but she follows some conservatives. Never mind, you know, this is easily window dressed under your profile on Twitter. And also the fact that when they, she caught a lot of flack for being named CEO on Twitter, some of those accounts were banned. Uh, frankly, I find it more concerning that Elon Musk still has Ella Irwin as, Twister, as Twitter's uh, security head who banned users per Eliza Blue. Uh, more telling that she is still on board than anything else. Uh, I'm left to conclude that Elon's judgment in women so far has been awful. And I don't know that we can trust it, and I don't know that he's anywhere nearly as conservative as anyone in conservativeville believes. I believe he is completely and far from that. He hasn't been very free speech on Twitter, uh, given the Eliza Blue stuff. And everybody else just keeps at it. They just look past it, turn a blind eye, and so forth. And I think this is really boding badly for... Uh, the media platforms. Uh, moving on, we're going to move on to woke advertising. And uh, leading the charge is Bud Light, who decided to demonstrate exactly how to execute the go woke, go broke mantra. They came out and they got Demo Mulvaney to sponsor Bud Light, and instantly, well, the shit hit the fan literally. And uh, they've been suffering in sales and huge declines in sales ever since. And it doesn't look like there's an end in sight. And then also, other companies decided to join them. Miller came out and said that women invented beer and have been brewing it all this time up until recently. Until you could make a profit from it, women were brewing it all that time. They're trying to rewrite history again. You have some people coming out and saying, no, it's not woke, it's just pro-women. It's like, give me a break. That is woke, man. You're rewriting history. Give me a break. And then later it comes out this woman was using her body, you know, in commercials and things like that, wearing bikinis and so forth. Really funny stuff. And then you have Adidas, where the abbreviations used to stand for all day I dream about sex, to now it means a dick is delicious after supper. And Target, they're they're living up to their name because they're targeting your underage children for their products. Doesn't that just give you the warm and fuzzies? Madison Avenue is clearly woke. But the other thing you need to look at, too, is all these companies, except for Bud Light, let's say, acted after Bud Light crashed and burned. There is no way that that happens in a reasonable world. So you have to ask yourself, are they really advertising to consumers or are they signaling to someone else? Because there's no way Miller looks at what happened to Bud Light 
And by the way, they were the beneficiary. Bud Light sales dropped 20%. Miller's went up by almost that much. And then go out and destroy that. So clearly, I think there may be something beyond, uh, you know, just below the surface where they're not just advertising to consumers. They're signaling to someone else, hey, we're behind this agenda. We're on board with this agenda. I'll leave it up to you to decide who they might be signaling to. But there's been a lot more signaling going on in the public press and advertising than people would be willing to admit. To admit. And now we're going to move on to Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson gets fired by Fox, and then he's not fired by Fox. They're just not going to do a show and continue to pay him. And so he decides he's going to head on over to Twitter because it is the free speech platform. And then you have Elon Musk stepping down and appointing this new woke CEO, which completely submarines Tucker Carlson. And now uh, his venture is riskier than he believes because uh, he didn't assess it properly because Twitter is not that conservative of a platform. It is not that free speech. They do ban people. They do ban accounts. Elon Musk would not restore Alex Jones, okay, and others. So they have these others that have been banned. Then when he announced the new CEO, they complained about it. They banned some of those accounts. And now Tucker Carlson is going to go on there and uh, because he says it's the freest platform and it reaches the most people. And that's not true. And now he's going to find out that he's on a platform that had no advertising. And he's going to have to single-handedly turn that around himself on Twitter in order for him to have success on Twitter. He's going to have to attract all those advertisers. Because the advertising CEO from NBC, she's not going to be able to do anything. She's not going to do anything. And uh, so he's going to have to do all that. And he's going to find out that he's going to have to work with these two woke bitches from hell to boot. So Tucker's uh, looks like he, uh, instead of uh, going on to a, another platform where his content would have instantly taken off like, uh, like Rumble, he would have been welcomed there. He would have drawn a huge audience right away. And he would have been able to monetize like that. Uh, but instead... He's going to do this venture where he's trying to save a sinking Titanic, okay? And I'm not talking about getting people in the boats. I'm talking about, no, you have to prevent the damn boat from sinking. That's humongous, more than three football field longs and almost a couple of football field high uh, behemoth from sinking after it already has a hole in it and it's rupturing all over the place. So... He's basically jumped from the pot into the pan in his case. I'm going to leave you with that, and we're going to move on to the 2024 presidential race. Right now, the presidential race looks like it is for uh, Trump's to win. He did a CNN town hall, and he basically pistol whipped that broad who interviewed him on CNN. And it's showing up in the polls. He's, he's got a sizable lead now. He's expanded his lead over uh, both Biden and DeSantis. However, Trump is vulnerable. He has his spots where he wasn't as great of a president as he makes himself out to be. and uh, But very easily, he can beat the left on that because they're kind of stuck on their own narratives when it comes to Trump. 
And if he can keep them to saying, okay, Trump's a racist, Trump's a Nazi, he uh, tried to overthrow the government and things like that, all of those are losing arguments for them. However, DeSantis, he is in a pretty unique position to challenge Trump and defeat him. And that's given that Trump has his, uh, has his issues. And DeSantis is one of them. Because Trump has been attacking DeSantis ever since he announced for the presidency. And DeSantis is only, you know, he just won the governorship and just been sworn in and so forth. And Trump was attacking him before that. And then Trump goes on and he says, you know, I can't believe DeSantis is doing this to me. It's a betrayal of loyalty when I endorsed him uh, in, 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 the, in the prior election. He was losing until I endorsed him, and I won, and he should repay me that, that loyalty. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, he, he, has, he, hasn't turned, he hasn't turned on you. He hasn't announced for the presidency, yet you're already calling him disloyal before he's actually been disloyal. And Trump has some huge uh, weak spots uh, with his, the, the way he handled COVID. He did an absolute horrid job with that. He made bad decisions on that, but the lockdowns, he kept Anthony Fauci. He never got rid of him. He kept a lot of people on his staff from the prior administration that there's no way he should have ever kept. And those are huge weak spots for him that DeSantis can exploit uh, to his advantage. And those are also things that DeSantis did not make those mistakes in, uh, when he was a uh, governor. So he can do all that. He can point to some of the other stuff as well. How, uh, you know, Trump has all these personal issues and so forth and is constantly being extorted and so forth because of uh, his behavior in the past or perceived behavior and people capitalizing on that and so forth. So he can really make a lot of hay out of that. And the other thing I think he really could do is probably talk about the, uh, the replacement for NAFTA that Trump did. Everybody, the only person who ever brings that up is Trump himself, and no one ever challenges him on that. And I looked at the numbers, and there's not, they're nothing special, okay? You can't tell whether it actually improved trade between America and Mexico or not. So uh, he, he calls, he, nobody's called him out on that, and that's basically a lie he has gotten away with since he signed the deal. So he, he literally called it a success the day they signed the deal, but you look at the actual results. Uh, the imports and the exports to Mexico, not a lot. Okay, so that's what the uh, uh, what DeSantis could do. If I were DeSantis, he could also, when he declared for the presidency, and maybe before he did that, or just before he did that, I would say that President Trump has endorsed me because he has, because President Trump has treated DeSantis like an opponent before he even declared for the presidency. And Trump won't be able to say much about that because that's exactly what he did. And it'll be funny because he's going to have to figure out a way to explain that. And, and, and DeSantis could further say, hey, listen, I didn't even want to run for the president, but you know, President Trump is just dragging my name through the mud. i got to run for the presidency just to defend my name and my honor. So th this is also another point about Trump, which is he creates enemies when he doesn't need to. He did this back in the Obamacare legislation because he pissed all over John McCain's foot 
and then later on endorsed him to get him reelected as senator, and Senator McCain is the deciding vote on keeping Obamacare from being uh, uh, withdrawn, defeated. So that's the kind of cost that Trump brings with his presidency. And uh, DeSantis can't exploit that. So anyways, I guess the other question that comes to mind is if there's a Trump-DeSantis showdown, does the Republican Party implode? (laughs) And the answer to that is, I hope so. I wish so. I don't like anybody having control of that. But you know what usually happens is there might be a shift in the Republican Party but all the talking heads shift with it, and you're stuck with the same assholes as before. So I hope the Republican Party implodes legitimately, and we get new leadership and good leadership. It's not enough to get new. you got to get good leadership. And then we can finally move on from these uh, relics like McConnell and, uh, and the other guys in the... Uh, in the Congress, and that's what we need to do the most of all. It's actually what the uh, Democrats need to do, by the way. Talk about a lot of dinosaurs. Oh, my God. So, anyways, that's it for the presidential race and all the other news. For Senequanon News, I'm Persona Nangrata. Please spay and neuter your politicians. Good night.